You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled One Thing, Part Two. Enjoy. You don't have anything to worry about. Do you know that? You haven't got a thing to worry about. You might say, well, you don't know what's going on in my life. It's true, I don't. But I do know how powerful his love for you is. And that's the reason I can say you don't have a thing to worry about because his love for you trumps anything that you're facing. His love for you is greater than any obstacle you've ever known or could ever come up against. His love for you is intimate and it penetrates deep into every part of you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your love manifest in us, for your, the power of your love that's gone before us that got us up this morning for your presence, your very presence in this place transforming us right now. We're so glad that we didn't come to some religious club, that we didn't come to some tradition of man, but we left our homes this morning to worship you and to come to this public place to experience you, to taste you, and to be changed by you. So we give you full right away in our lives right now. Just Holy Spirit, have your way in us. Rearrange, fix, change, uh, do a transplant, whatever you need to do inside of us today. We give you the right of way to do it. We know no one loves us like you do. And we're so thankful to be free from religious uh, thinking and traditions and to be into an intimate, vibrant relationship with the real you. And we give you all the glory for what, all the good things you've done in our lives and, and, and for, there have been so many times we shouldn't have made it. But look at us sitting here. Look at us in this place. We made it. And it's because of you. So we take a few moments, we think back to all the times in our lives that things could have gone a different way, but you brought us through and you brought us here today and you're here to lift us up and take us higher and deeper into the limitless love of God. There are no limits. There are no limits to the wholeness that Jesus has brought to us. And we are so glad that the limitless one has become our father. So Holy Spirit, help us to uh, remove any religious goggles that we might have on, any wrong thinking that, that is uh, sticking around in our thought life, expose it. And let the light of Christ heal and illuminate and strengthen and set free as we worship you with your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Don't, don't slip into religious mode, okay? We're, we're in fellowship with the living presence of God. He's here right now. Just as sure as you're here, he's here. He's the living personal presence of God. He's the Holy Spirit. Christ is in us in the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is just like Jesus. And I'm thankful for uh, Joey Roberts' ministries, and he began... I guess it was a few years ago, doing uh, Generation Summit, and he, co- he says he want to have some Holy Ghost meetings. And uh, I know that, uh, that a number of uh, things are, that, that it, let's say it this way, in large, by and large, people are unfamiliar with the Holy Spirit. And he's thought of as strange or weird, 
Now, just because a person may do something strange or weird and say it's the Holy Spirit doesn't mean it's the Holy Spirit, right? So there are things that are done supposedly by the Holy Spirit that aren't the Holy Spirit. Nevertheless, the Holy Spirit is supernatural. You know, Jesus breathed on his disciples and they received the Holy Spirit. Do you guys know that? So the scriptures teach. Is that weird? It might be foreign to you if you're not familiar with Jesus. You know, he spit on the ground, made mud, and slapped it on someone's eyes. Is that weird? I don't think that was ever done before. Does that make any sense? Well, if you're following the Holy Spirit, it does. So don't dismiss what's foreign to you um, just because it's foreign to you. So Joey's coming here on uh, September 12th, 13th, and 14th. So it's going to be a Thursday night and uh, a Friday morning and a Friday night and a Saturday morning. The schedule's on our website, on our events page, highwaychurch.us. But the whole purpose he set up these meetings was just to give people an opportunity to experience the Holy Spirit. And we've had some wonderful times. I want to encourage you to come out to get to know the Holy Spirit. Get to know Him in your private life. He'll never hurt you. He's very powerful. And He can change things like that. And He may lead you to do things that you, you think, well, that just, that's silly, right? I'm spit on the mud, spit on the ground and put the mud on someone's eyes that's ridiculous but it worked Jesus in his ministry was being led by the Holy Spirit so if you want to learn how the Holy Spirit leads you study the ministry of Jesus there's another time what he, he spat on someone's tongue that couldn't speak and their tongue was loosed he didn't even have any chewing tobacco in that's different, isn't it? There's a time when uh, Naaman the leper was seeking healing and he came to the prophet and the prophet told him to go dunk himself in the river seven times. That's stupid. I've got leprosy. What is that going to do? See, the Spirit of the Lord, when he directs you, do it. Now, we're not talking about anything that violates someone or manipulates anyone. But the, what, what could the harm be? So Nathan got mad, didn't he? Or Naaman, excuse me. Naaman got mad. I say Naaman the leper. He got mad, right? He's like, well, I could have done that at home. And this river you're telling me to jump in is dirtier than the one I've got in my own country. Right? And his servant had to stop him and say, wait a minute. I mean, why don't you do it? He didn't tell you something crazy like you've got to climb this high mountain and run up and down it seven times. He just said, go dip yourself in the, in, the, in the water seven times. And he said, okay, I guess I'll do it. And on the seventh time he came up and he was healed. What's the Holy Spirit leading you to do? Dayulu. Have you talked to him? Do you talk to the Holy Spirit? Boy, this is really weird, isn't it? 
He wants to talk to you. He should be the one we're most familiar with. He's to be the one we know the best. We're in a series now called One Thing. And I believe if, if you'll plug in, this will change your life. We're simplifying our lives down to one thing. How's that sound? <laughs> do you like it complicated or do you like it simple? If you've been through complicated, you'll love simple. When, you're, when things are simple, you're free. You don't, you don't feel strapped. You can dance when you want to dance. You can go when you need to go. You can stay if you need to stay. We're going to simplify. And, the, and, and the, the reason we're simplifying is it's God's will for our lives to be focused on one thing. And that one thing is hearing from Him. Our relationship with Him. So let's lay down all the... Uh, was that Siri on my phone? I didn't ask you anything. Yeah, she's saying good morning. What? What do you want to tell me something? Go ahead. I don't like Siri, by the way. When Jennifer on her phone, she'll say, call my husband. And Siri says, which one? So number four, uh, right there. <laughs> Ask her. I don't know. Siri has this insight into things that, that I don't know. <laughs> True story. So we want to get away from wrong thinking about the Holy Spirit and about God. And you have to do that. You have to let go of wrong thinking. Now that wrong thing, thinking may be decorated in years of religious tradition that is esteemed around the world. But I'd rather hear from my father than be esteemed by others. How about you? Are you willing to sacrifice what others think of you for the benefit of hearing from the one who made you? Why not, right? No one can do for you what he's done for you. No one loves you like he loves you. It's funny peer pressure. Isn't it funny? Why would someone pressure you to do something that you don't want to do? Because they're insecure. Do you know bullies are insecure? <laughs> Why would we ever listen to someone like that? They don't love you. They don't care for you. If someone's trying to pressure you to make you do something you don't want to do, you sure don't want to listen to them, right? That's the last person you want to listen to. The Holy Spirit doesn't do that. He doesn't pressure you and try and make you do something you don't want to do. He's gentle. You've never met anyone more kind than him. He's so gentle sometimes, it, it takes a little getting used to. It's like, could, could, could you say that again, please? <laughs> You're not yelling at me? He speaks with this quiet confidence that you can miss if you're not still. 
which is why Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I'm God. So what if we're not still? Can we know Him? Dylan and I were just talking about that before service. What if we're racing around and got our mind on a hundred different things? Are we going to hear from Him? It's going to be very difficult. So we're entering this life of stillness. I'm not talking about being unproductive, but being restful. Restful in what we're doing. Led by the Spirit in the way we apply ourselves. In our time and our energy and our resources. So can we be still today? Everybody freeze. (laughs) So this stillness, this peace, this intimacy with Jesus is the one thing that changes everything. Because in Christ, we're going to exalt him. In him, you will find the solution to every problem in your life. Guaranteed. I like that. And I think that's why the the idea of super stores became so popular. I can go to one place and I can get, you know, a part for my car. I can get some things for, the, for the, uh, my kitchen. I can get some, some things for my bedroom. I can get the things I need to clean my bathroom. I can, all in one location instead of going to four different locations. Well, if ever there was a one-stop shop, it's Jesus. He's the stop you want to make, right? It's in him where you will find the answers you may have been searching for your whole life. It's found by being still and sitting and having some coffee with him. So in him is the solution to every problem in your life. In him you'll find the provision for every need in your life. In him you'll find the fulfillment of your very destiny. So let's grow in this. Let's let's get let's 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 let him strengthen us this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 in the message translation. Now this is talking about the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. That when we come and put our faith in Christ, we enter into something that Moses never had. That no one could have before Christ rose from the dead said, whenever though they turn to face God as Moses did, God removes the veil and there they are face to face. Do you know the Holy Spirit wants to have some face time with you? He does. But you need an iPhone because it's the only thing that has FaceTime on it, right? <laughs> Just kidding. He wants to have FaceTime with you. He wants to, to look into your face. He wants you to look into his face. In other words, he wants you to know him and hear from him, to see him operating in your life, to recognize him. Monday morning and Tuesday afternoon and Wednesday at lunch and Thursday at dinner and Friday night and Saturday morning. Verse 17 says they suddenly recognize that God is a living 
personal presence. I like that. You know, God has never been a statue, and he never will be. I'm so glad. Do you know he's never been a principal? I'm not talking about a, of a school system. I'm I-P-L-E, you know, principal, not P-A-L. And incidentally, I ended up in the principal's office quite a bit growing up. I got the impression that my principal thought he was God. I don't know. I was even threatened to, to be sent to reform school in fifth grade. And I'm your pastor. <laughs> it's true, I was. I remember standing in the principal's office. Ooh, I was in trouble. His leg was shaking. He was... Ready to, and that was it. I had one more opportunity. I was going to get kicked out of school, fifth grade. But that's not the kind of principle I'm talking about. I'm talking about a fundamental truth. God is not a principle. I've never seen someone walking down the street holding hands with a principle, I-P-L-E. You can't marry a statue. You can't marry a principle. You have to marry a person. You can't have a relationship with a statue or a principle. You have to have a relationship with a living person of God. Does that interest you? Or is that frightening to you? So that God is a living personal presence, not a piece of chiseled stone, and when God is personally present, a living spirit, that old constricting legislation is recognized as obsolete and we're free from it. Verse 18, all of us. There's nothing between us and God. Our face is shining with the brightness of His face. One thing, knowing Him. We're simplifying our lives. We're, we're all about one thing now. From here on out till he comes back, no matter what profession we're in, no matter what industry in, we're all about one thing now, hearing from him and growing in relationship with him. Is that all right? You can do this. You can do this. In fact, Paul said some outrageous things, and I love them in Philippians 3. Verse 8 in the Amplified. Now Paul in his field, he was a Pharisee and he was trained by the best of the best and he was the best of the best. Uh, but the, the problem is he had a lot of uh, zeal and passion, but he didn't know Jesus. And he ended up persecuting Jesus. And he ended up giving approval as they stoned Stephen and he ended up dragging off believers to prison. Well, he came to know Christ, and he said in chapter 3 of Philippians, verse 8 in the Amplified, he said, yes, furthermore, I count everything as loss compared to the possession of the priceless privilege, the overwhelming preciousness, the surpassing worth and supreme advantage of knowing Christ, Jesus, my Lord. 
And Paul had all the accolades. He was a Hebrew of Hebrew. In his field, he was the guy. And he said, I consider that all loss compared to the priceless privilege, the overwhelming preciousness, the surpassing worth. So what about in your field? What accolades are you working for? What recognition are you trying to obtain? Can I help you out? It's dung, D-U-N-G. It's meadow muffins compared to knowing him. Yeah. Of progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Boy, this is a big deal, isn't it? We need to, we're just making some adjustments right now in our thinking, in our future planning, right? We're all about knowing him now. It'll change your plans. Becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. This is our one thing. Of perceiving and recognizing and understanding him more fully and clearly. He went on to say in verse 10, I love this, he said, My determined purpose, after all I've been through, all the accolades and recognition I've achieved, I've, I've made a decision. I now have a determined purpose, and that is that I may know him, progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. And that I may in that same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection which it exerts over believers. People are looking for the answers to their issues and it's found in a relationship with the one who made them. Hallelujah. And I, I said something last week, and I want to say it again because it's so important. We, we, we talked a lot about, la, about believing last week, what believing in Jesus really means. And religion has watered that down to mean basically, yeah, I know he's real, and I know he did those things, but that's not Bible believing. Believing in Jesus means that I am confident he is who he says he is to me now. I'm confident that he is my personal good shepherd today. That he's, 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 he's making sure today that I'm going to lay down and lead, he's leading me to places of plenty. He's leading me beside still restful waters. That be, I, I'm confident that he is my good shepherd today. Therefore, I'm also confident that I will not lack. That's believing in Jesus. It's not this thing off to the side in my life. It's the center of my life. Bible believing, okay? Believing, in, believing that God exists won't help anybody. Believing that God exists won't help you. But believing that he's the answer to your problems will. You want to get away from this vague concept of God to this in-your-face reality of God. That He's with me now. 
that he's actively involved in my moment, my now moment, this moment of my life. And that all that he's declared himself to be, he is that to me. That's believing in him. So to have faith in God, to believe in him, is to know that he is who he says he is in my life now. It's to see him as he is. Do you see God as your shepherd? I've heard funny things. How much time do I got? Time in, ch- in churches, in messages. I've heard uh, some say that one of the things that a shepherd will do is, is if a sheep is going astray is they'll break the sheep's leg. And then, then they'll nurse it back to health so the sheep will never run away again. I, don't, I know where that came from, but it didn't come from a shepherd. That's the dumbest thing. I mean, I, that's, that's you, you, if you break your livestock's leg, you ruin it. Right? This kind of stuff is taught in churches. But it's not based on God. It's, it's not even based in reality. You talk to a shepherd, break my sheep's leg? What are you talking about? That's worth money to me. That's, that's my livestock. I'm not going to ruin it. So knowing God as your shepherd means he'll protect your legs. He'll keep your legs strong. He'll protect you from wolves and dangerous things. That's what a shepherd does. How funny. I heard another one. Didn't think I was going to go here today, but as well since I'm here. <laughs> Years ago, I heard this message. It was a dynamic preacher. and It was a very inspiring message, but it wasn't true. And, and maybe you've heard this. There's an analogy of an eagle. And it says, you know, that those who trust the Lord will mount up with wings like eagles or the Lord will renew your youth like the eagles. And this preacher is talking about how an eagle goes through this molting period. And the eagle will bang its beak against a rock even until it's bleeding. And will do all of these things to its body that cause it pain. And, but that pain is essential and that, that blood is essential so it can get through to this new stage of life. And it was a very great, clever, inspiring message, but it was completely untrue. I went and studied on eagles. They never do anything like that. <laughs> Have you ever heard that message? I don't mean, there's, there's not just one. It's been out there. They go through this painful process, uh, and it's, it's part of their renewing and, and being made new again. And, and you talk to people who studied eagles for decades. They said, they never do that. That's not a part of their life cycle. There's no truth. So you hear some clever things, and usually it's, it's meant to justify pain in your life. And they manufacture these things. This shepherd breaks a sheep leg, an eagle breaks its beak on a rock, and where do they get this stuff? From, from darkness. And they're clever sermons, but they're not true. I don't want that. I want the real truth about my good shepherd. Jesus said, I'm, I'm, I'm the good shepherd, right? 
So to believe on him is to focus on him, is to see him as he is. To, if I say I believe in him, it means I'm moving towards him. I'm making decisions in my daily life to get closer to him. Right? I'm desirous of his company regularly because I believe in him. I believe that he is who he says he is, that he's done what he said he did. I'm considering him first in my decisions because I believe in him. So to believe in Jesus is to realize who he is and to take him at his word, to take him at face value. Let's go to Luke chapter 10. This is, was our main scripture for one thing, and let's go back there. Luke chapter 10. When you realize how good he is, how much he loves you, hearing from him becomes the priority of your life. It's more important to you than anything else in your world because he's that good. He's that good. He's that amazing. Listen, praising him is important. It helps you to see him clearly. That's why we, we, we have worship time uh, or, or praise time. That's why we sing. Because we want to help people get their focus. So when we come in and we, we say, you're the way maker, you're the promise keeper, you're the light in the darkness, that's who you are. The mender of broken hearts. Right? You're, you're, you're rearranging destinies. You're causing all things. We say that because that, that helps us to see him clearly. So if you're having trouble hearing from him and seeing him operating in your life, uh, start worshiping him. Start, Lord, I thank you. You are good. You'll never hurt me. You are my good shepherd. You're the one who loves me and gave your life for me. You are the I am. You are the way, the truth, and the life. You are the bread of life. You are, uh, you are the one who, who died for me and rose again for me. So in Luke chapter 10, love this account of this woman's life, Lazarus' sister Mary and Bethany. So let's see. We'll start like verse 38. It came to pass they, uh, Jesus and, and his disciples entered into a, a a certain village, and Martha was there to receive him into her house with her sister Mary in verse 39. And she had a sister called Mary, that's, that's Lazarus' sisters, Martha and Mary of Bethany, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. And whenever I'm reading the Bible, I like to try and imagine what was it really like when they were there. So imagine there, there was a large crowd of people and it might have been, well, it certainly was noisy. And sometimes it may have even been kind of chaotic around Jesus. Because there were, you know, uh, people with needs and pushing and shoving and people who wanted to take advantage of the situation, people who needed healing, uh, demons who were trying to cause an uprest and get him, get him arrested. So this atmosphere, that, in, needless to say, it certainly wasn't quiet. So he comes into the house, and Mary right away goes to sit at his feet and to listen to what he's saying. I don't know how many did that, but she did that, and the Bible makes mention of her doing that because it's significant. There are many other things she could have been doing. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone. Bid her, therefore, that she help me. 
So her sister Martha, maybe Martha had more training in hospitality. Or maybe she, she, maybe that was a gifting of hers. Maybe she uh, perceived that there were things that needed to be done in order for people to be comfortable in their home. Or maybe she was concerned about her reputation as someone who kept the home. And she didn't want people to see things out of order. And uh, whatever the reason was, she was upset. She was carrying a heavy load that was generated internally. She was putting pressure on herself for things to be a certain way in her home. Can you relate? Have you ever put pressure on yourself for things to be a certain way in your life? That's a heavy pressure. Because there are some things you have no say in, you have no control over. You need God. So there's a tendency of the unrenewed mind to pressure ourselves and to to move us to do things that we don't need to do right now. Be still and know that I'm God. And there are lots of reasons why we do them. Maybe because we're afraid of what others think of us. Maybe because we're afraid that if we don't get this done right and on time, that we're not going to have enough money to meet a certain need. Maybe we're afraid of our reputation, what others will think of us, if we, if we don't do something in a certain way at a certain time. There are a lot of reasons we could use to justify the pressure we put on ourselves. Are you with me? A lot of reasons. But I love Jesus' response, and you know no one is kinder than him. And I, and I made note of this, and it's good to make note of it again, that when you're in that mindset of pressure, you'll get mad at God. I've been there, hello, right? And, and you're like, what's the deal, God? Don't you care? Look what, look where I, look what I'm going through. And of course he cares and he loves you, but he wants you to lean on him, right? So he says um, in verse 41, he says, Martha, Martha, you are worried, careful, full of cares, and you're troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. I'm not going to let her be stressed out like you, because you're stressed out. When someone's stressed out, they want you to be stressed out. And they'll get irritated with you because you're not. And they'll do their best to get you in on what they're stressed out about. Isn't it true? Stress loves company. It does. Stress doesn't like to be alone. Stress wants, wants, wants people to join in the party. It's a lousy party. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe you say, well, you don't have the responsibilities I have. And maybe I don't. I want to tell you about one of my heroes. How many people know the name of George Mueller? How many know George Mueller? He's a hero of mine. He was a Christian evangelist who lived in the 1800s. 
And he was the director of um, the Ashley Down Orphanage in Bristol, England. And he had five different locations, and he ministered to 10,000 children in the 1800s. I think he died in like 1898, I'm not sure, late 1800s. But he oversaw the well-being of 10,000 children in the late 1800s. So think of the responsibilities of that. You've got five locations with 2,000 children at each location. Think of how many needs they had. Just food alone would make you a little concerned about paying the bills, wouldn't it? But he was known for being very restful and joyful and healthy. And not only that, he provided educational opportunity for these orphans, schooling. And it got, he became so successful that he was accused of raising the poor above their natural station in British life. These kids were starting to prosper. What are you doing? So he established 117 schools which offered Christian education for more than 120,000 kids. So I would, I, it's safe to say that he had a lot of responsibility. Would you agree with me? Right? Overseeing 120,000 kids. That's, that's, that's a lot to think about. Here's what's interesting about him, speaking of that one thing. But he never allowed his huge responsibility to take him away from the Word of God. He said that every day he would set aside time to study the Scriptures, and here's the key, until his inner man was happy in the Lord. Love that for me. I want to read that again because I love the way it says it. I love the way he put it. He didn't say for 75 minutes, for 15 minutes. He said, until my inner man is happy in the Lord. Oh, there's a wealth in here. We're going to unlock it. So he would set aside time every day to study the Scriptures until his inner man was strong, happy in the Lord. Now, once Mueller met a man who worked between 14 and 16 hours a day. Now, when I was growing up, my dad would work 90 hour weeks or more. Now, usually gone before I got up and, and came home after I went to bed. Wore himself out. Wore himself out. So he met a man who was working between 14 and 16 hours every day. He told the man, you are destroying your health. You don't have time for your family. And most importantly, you don't have time to nourish. Most importantly, most importantly, I love George's focus. You don't have time for your family. And most importantly, most importantly, you don't have time to nourish your inner man with the Word of God. Most importantly, because of the choices you're making, what you believe has to happen every day, you don't have time to nourish your inner man with the Word of God. The man replied, I hear you, 
but I can't see how I can cut down my working hours and spend time in the Word because even with the 14 to 16 hours I put in each day, I still can't put enough bread on the table for my family. Sounds like Martha a little bit, doesn't it? See, when you start spending time with Jesus, you'll start sounding like Jesus. George sounds like Jesus, and this guy sounds like Martha. (laughs) As the man walked away, Mueller said he doesn't believe that if he gives time to God's Word first, God will take care of all his needs. Hello. Let's be honest. It's good to be honest with ourselves. He doesn't believe that if he gives time to God's Word first, God will take care of all his needs. So let me get my Bible. This is what we're going to do this week. Now, I I am encouraging you, whatever responsibilities you have, whatever season of life you're in, to make being alone with God and eating His Word the priority of your day. Okay? Well, how do you do that? There's no formula for this. Don't worry about it. You're, it's not about doing it right or doing it wrong. It's just about being with Him. Okay? There's nothing between you and Him. Jesus took care of that. And you stay with Him until your inner man is happy. So here we are. Let's say it's before it's Monday. I'm looking at my Monday. I say, okay, what do I got going on on Monday? Now, this is a change in the way we live, right? You may have to rearrange some things. But you've got to decide, is this really the most important thing in my life? Do I really believe that God will take care of the other things? If we have time, we'll get into that scripture. I don't know if we have time, but Jesus talks about that. Seeking first the kingdom of God, and God will take care of the rest. I don't know about you, but that's like such a, wow, what a, what a deal, right? And isn't that the opposite of the way we used to think? What are you talking about? There's a, there are a hundred things I've got to do today. And I've got to get them done and get them done right and on time or I'm not going to have enough, right? What's the motivation there? Fear, isn't it? See, when you start spending time with Jesus, fear will become really clear to you because that's the opposite of him. His love removes fear. So you're living your life, right? This is, this is all about no one else is with you as much as you are, right? <laughs> Except the Holy Spirit, as far as people go. So don't let tomorrow start without giving this some thought. What it, when are you going to be alone with him tomorrow? So I, 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 I personally, and it, it, there's no rules to this. Don't turn this into a work. Don't turn this into a ritual, I personally, and I just, I like getting with him first in my day before everything else starts rolling. So what I'll do 
when I get up, and again, this is not, again, there are changes, there are seasons. I, I may end up doing it at 2 o'clock sometimes or 8 o'clock at night. But if, if I, my preference and what I like to do is, is first thing. So, and don't turn this into a ritual, I'm telling you. Don't, don't say, I've got to pray a certain way. I've got to say this a thousand times. I've got to do, no, I'm just talking about being alone with him. But have your Bible with you and, and, and get a hold of a scripture in it, okay? Because sometimes the Bible, the, the promises of God give us a focus. If you just sit there like this, your mind's going to start wondering. You want to focus on who he is, okay? And sometimes the Holy Spirit will bring a scripture up to you. Like right now, he's bringing up Psalm 23 in my heart. So we'll go there. So this might be my time with him. On, on this day. So I'll go to Psalm 23. Excellent place to eat. One of my favorite restaurants, Psalm 23. I've got a table reserved there, my name on it. So I'll get up, you know, and, I, and, I, and I'll get, literally, I, I actually have a closet I go into. As I walk in closet, I close the door. And I'll get my Bible and I'll get on the floor. Sometimes I'll just praise him for a while. Say, God, you love me so much. And I'm not doing this to try and earn anything, to try and atone for my sins. I'm not trying to be a better Christian. I just want him. Okay? This is pure love. I want you. You love me. I love you. Let's get together. Keep it simple. Okay? He's not keeping track of, of the right or wrong words that you say. If you need to holler and get mad, go ahead. God, I'm so mad. What's going on here? I'm so tired of this junk. How many times has this happened in my life? I've had it. Go ahead. Tell him. If you want to swear, go ahead and swear. I told you, I was, I was on my way to reform school. What do you want? <laughs> For principle, what I put him through. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is be real with him. Be real with him. Don't put on any fronts. Oh, Father! Thou art the most sacred of all sacred ones. Talk to him. Be you. Don't put on any ears. Just come before him and be you. And say, Holy Spirit, show yourself to me. I want to know you. Show yourself to me. And I listen and worship him. And because you've been coming here, you know that he loves you. You know he's good. You know he's not going to hurt you. So you, and if you have any scriptures, sometimes I'll take a psalm. Psalm 23 is great, or I might take... Uh, like Psalm 9, I'll get back to Psalm 23 in a second, and I'll say, I will praise you, O Lord. Psalm 9, verses 1 and 2. I even wrote a song about this called I Will. I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all your marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. And I'm saying this from the Scriptures to the Holy Spirit. Just me in my closet. Okay, I'm talking to him. I want to encourage you to do this. Not in my closet. 
but you find your own place, okay? You talk to him. Tomorrow morning, I can see it, 6 a.m., my doorbell's ringing. We came to, to, to spend time with God in your closet. Nah. So let's get back to Psalm 23. So sometimes the Lord will just bring a scripture to mind. The Lord is my shepherd. And then he might emphasize that word mine. Like in my heart. You know what I mean when I say emphasize? Just in my heart, the Holy Spirit's moving me to, to, to focus on something. I'm not hearing an audible voice. Don't look for that. Okay? That's, that's of the five senses. It's the Spirit leads in here. Don't look, don't look for an angel with a harp or... Uh-uh. The Holy Spirit's going to speak in here, and it's not an audible voice. Very rarely will that happen. Why? Because your ears mislead you. It's, he, he will bear witness with your heart, and it's, I don't know how he does it, but it's like he'll impress something on you, and you'll know it. It's supernatural, okay? So the Lord is my shepherd. God, you're caring for me. This is what's going on inside of me as I'm meditating. You're my shepherd now. You're protecting me. You're caring for me. You're watching out for me. This is just my quiet time. This is my, I shall not lack. Thank you, God, that I lack no good thing. That's Psalm 34, another one of my favorite restaurants. Those who seek him lack no good thing. Thank you, Lord. You're providing for me. I shall not lack. Now, maybe right in the middle of that, as I'm, as I'm meditating on that, my inner man's getting stronger. I don't know how much time's passing. I don't care. If it's 60 seconds, that's wonderful. If it's three hours, that's wonderful. Forget the clock. Oh, boy. Forget it. I know you have to be somewhere. So does God. He'll let, you, he'll let you know. God knows where you need to be and when you need to be there and when you need to leave to get there. Have you tried that? Not using a clock? I love this. There are times that sometimes I, I, I will uh, set my alarm sometimes so I'll stay in bed until a certain time because I like to just get up and go. So I say, I'm going to stay in bed till such and such a time. So because so usually I'll open my eyes much before that. I say, nope, I'm going to rest. I'm going to rest. I'm, I'm kind of on that end of things where I've got to make myself rest. But it's fun. The Holy Spirit oftentimes will open my eyes one minute, sometimes seconds before the alarm goes off. I'll know it inside that it's time to get up. This is a different way of living. Knowing things internally before the bell goes off. So here I am in Psalm 23, 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. All of a sudden the Holy Spirit brings up Philippians 4.19. I'll go there. Is there a connection between those two? Oh, yeah. Now see, obviously as you learn the Scriptures, your time becomes more effective. Because you know his nature now. You know his promises. Well, Psalm, uh, Philippians 4.19, okay. I mean, you got better things to do than this. Come on. No, you don't. No, you don't. This is where life happens right here. 
So Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all my need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now I've got the Lord as my shepherd, I shall not lack, and He shall supply all my need according to His riches in Christ Jesus. My inner man is getting stronger. How much time has passed? I don't know. I don't care. This is not a work. It's not a ritual. We're not punching a clock. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit will let you know when you've got to go to work, when you've got to leave. He's better than your phone. He's better than a timer. And see, what happens, you cultivate this intimacy with him, and then when it's time to get up and your inner man's happy, you'll face the day in a very different way. And things that would have stressed you out won't because your inner man is full. This is really good. Isn't this good? I would say this is probably the one thing that is lacking in many believers' lives. They go to church regularly. You know, they read their Bible. They got their Bible plan. But they're not getting alone with him until their inner man is happy. So your inner man should be a smiley emoji when you leave, right? So good, we've got a week to do this. We've got a new week coming up, right? Sundays, today's a day. It's a first day of a, of a new week. Hallelujah. And there are times when just one scripture will be my whole time with him. And I am so full when I'm done. I feel like a new man. Don't sell yourself short. Don't deprive yourself of this one thing. You're not too busy. If you are, ask the Holy Spirit what changes you can make so that you can spend time with him. Guarantee you. He, he might just change your profession. I don't know. <laughs> I'll tell you what happened to me. I was, my profession as a professional musician involved traveling a lot, flying a lot, traveling a lot. And I just wanted to be in God's house more and, and do things of, of God more. And I, and I prayed and he changed my profession. <laughs> I'm so glad. We don't want to, our profession is not our focus, is it? Knowing Him is our focus. Father, thank you for this time together of being still. Holy Spirit, help us to build our calendar off of our one-on-one -on -one time with you. Give us wisdom. Reveal yourself to us. Help us to build our daily calendar on the foundation of our time with you until our inner man is happy. Help us get to know your leading that we would go through the day not ruled by a clock, but governed by your love and presence in our lives.
Jesus' name. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.